Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Alan Brazil, ex-Scottish striker and breakfast show broadcasting behemoth. Play for Ipswich, Spurs, Man United and Chelsea City. Huge won two UEFA Cups and FA Cups, played for Scotland at the 82 World Cup, TalkSport talisman for over 20 years, the only footballer we ever covered who has their own brand of nuts, plus author. But what will the book club and special guest podcasting hero Ben Partridge think of Alan's book, There's an Awful Lot of Bubbly in Brazil? Find out in today's Football Book Club. He's got the life of a kind of shake, but he's just on TalkSport. It's like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but set in and around Ipswich. Why have I wasted 200 pages hearing a story supposedly in which Mike Porky Parry got drunk and asked a 20-year-old Latvian woman to marry him? (laughs) It's Brazil and Porky telling those cutthroat terrorists, you don't frighten us, Osama! While all this was going on, one Palace fan picks up my £250 felt-tip pen, and I haven't seen it since. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where, instead of literary classics, each episode we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Jules Verne, more Timo Werner. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Once again, I'm going to chuck someone under the bus for that. Thank you very much, uh, Texie Smith, for sending that. Texie, that's not a name you hear much. That's a... That is a good name. Yeah, Texy Should have involved Texy, Texy in the in the thing itself. Less Texy Smith, more Jim <laughs> less, Smith. It's less, hard. It's harder than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. I'm James Bug, <laughs> and over the weeks we'll be reading such classics as Graham Lasso's Left Field and Francis Benali, the autobiography. But today we're stepping into the Alan Brazil multiverse, reading his first book, the 2006 classic. There's an awful lot of bubbly in Brazil. Hyphen, the life and times of a bomb viveur. It's the title that keeps on going. And joining me to read it are Jack Bernhardt. Hello. And please welcome to the show a brilliant comedian and writer, as well as podcasting royalty. It's Mr. Beef and Dairy Network himself and one of the three bean salad beans, Ben Partridge. Hiya. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me uh, on the show. And um, is it is it... I'm maybe pulling back the wizard's curtain a bit to say that when I was asked to be on the show, mm-hmm. you gave me a short list of possible books we could go for. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's giving away the... No, 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 the, please do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Alan Brazil was on there, and I just couldn't look past Alan Brazil. Yeah, There's something yeah, I, about it. Uh, yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the others also seemed like they might be quite good fun, but there was something about the name... I mean, before we get before we go any further... <laughs> okay. What, what I want to say is... 
Mm-hmm. What often gets lost with Alan Brazil mm-hmm. because he's become a kind of figure of fun in some ways. Yeah, yep, yep. there's a lot. There's a lot to consider when you think about Alan Brazil, and I think that what gets lost in the conversation is the fact that his name is Alan Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's very easy to overlook. It really is, and mm. it's he's got a Monty Python name in mm-hmm. real life. <laughs> yep, um, and he kind and of looks a bit Monty Pythony as well, a little bit like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And but I think because there's so much, there are so many facets to Alan Brazil that mm-hmm. the fact that he's called Alan Brazil just is one of many, and I think <laughs> people look past it. But we do fundamentally, we are fundamentally talking here about a Scottish man called Alan Brazil. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it not to not to cross the streams too much. It's a quite a beef and dairy name. It feels mm. like Alan Brazil. Well, it's like yeah, it's the absurdist comedy name, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. just it's, a it's just a nonsense name, name really. <laughs> yeah. Of it, all the things I, I thought we were going to pick up uh, Alan Brazil for today, I did not think his name was going to be. No, one I think of the I think it's a good place to start yeah, because yeah. it is the first thing you you know about the man. He's called Alan Brazil. That is true. <laughs> well, talking about the start, actually, we I, Ben. This is again. This is pulling that curtain way further back. I okay. think I'm fairly sure I asked you four years ago to be our first ever guest in the first episode of football book club um but then we kind of i was gonna say we changed our minds that's not true we couldn't do it for some reason and then you and i jack we were kind of like okay well because i think we were toying with the idea of always having guests at that point and then uh we said ah we're just we just read all the books. We can't put people through that. And now, four years later, here you are. Here you are. And I forced you to read the books. Yeah. And actually, I think you did ask me to do this quite a long time ago. And then for, for lots of reasons, I couldn't do it. And you, so the, the book, There's an Awful Lot of Bubbly in Brazil, has been sitting next to my bed now for about <laughs> yeah. six months. So every time I've fallen asleep or woken up in the last six months, the first thing I've seen are the words, There's an Awful Lot of Bubbly in Brazil. Beautiful. And it's kind of been hanging over me, really. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. That's I, good. We like to I, we like to do that. And I, I think, like submit. a lot of your guests, um, I will reveal, and this must be the case with most of your guests. Mm. I finished reading it ten minutes ago. Yeah, at least you finished it. I was cramming it like it was my English GCSE was coming tomorrow. It was <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. It became very joyless. It became very functional. I just have to <laughs> read these words. H- have, have you read many footballers' books before? I'm trying to think whether I have. I've read a few rugby autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavin Henson's one's very good. Okay, okay. Um, like, like good, quite... like actually good, or or this level good. No, like kind of very much in the milieu of your podcast. That kind okay, of okay, okay, that, yeah, that okay, kind okay, of good. good. Okay, <laughs> sometimes good. you don't want them yeah. to be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but no, not really. I'm trying to think. Mainly rugby books, really. Okay, interesting. which is kind of revealing a little bit about uh, my sporting preferences, but. Um, but but Alan Brazil is more than just a footballer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. A broadcasting icon. I think. I think there's a lot. I, it's interesting you say that it was by your bed for six months because it, these all these books. I have a shelf now of just some of the worst books to have been written, and they do just hang over me while I write. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> this is the choice you've made, Jack. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. But also, I think I think for a man whose name is alan brazil the the title being there's a lot of bubbly in brazil i don't think makes any sense as yes a, a, as, as a as a line as a as a pun name for, for it just doesn't work doesn't it yeah, am i losing it's the joke I, I, that there's a lot of champagne in brazil yeah i guess like the maybe, country brazil maybe you don't think of brazil as being a country which is known for champagne but in fact there's an awful lot of bubbly in brazil and then it works on the other level of 
him constantly drinking champagne <laughs> every single well, to the point where it can't be enjoyable at all. This 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 might be premature, but can I can I skip to the last sentence of the yeah. book? Yeah, that'd be the quickest episode we've ever done. So please do. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to revisit, but I think it's yeah. a good place to end because similarly, I, I don't think the name really works. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of pun on the fact he likes champagne, but it's, yeah. it's not as if the phrase "there's a lot of bubbly in Brazil." exist as a phrase. No, no, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. 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 Um so anyway, at the end of the book, because also all the way through I was waiting for the phrase there's a lot of bubbling Brazil to come out. Like someone might I was thinking somebody might say it to him as a joke yeah. or something. Um and then that would make sense of it. But it doesn't come until the last paragraph. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how not only has he been a really good footballer, he's also a really good broadcaster. And he writes, and realizing that I'm now even more grateful for the life I've had. Most people are, don't reach particularly great heights in their first and usually only career. I've been lucky enough to make my mark in both footballing and broadcasting. There has indeed been an awful lot of bubbling <laughs> in Brazil. <laughs> he, said what, it, I, he said the title. <laughs> if, we hadn't, if we hadn't given you that extra half hour to read the book, you would never have known that that was there. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> like, you would have been totally lost by this book. <laughs> But that in phrase, this G- uh, there has yeah. indeed been an awful lot of bubbly in Brazil, doesn't relate to what he's just no, said. No, that doesn't at all. No, no, yeah. doesn't. It's, it's, no sense, it's very yeah. much, I, I I get the feeling that he he wrote this book, he wrote the words, there has indeed been an awful lot of bubbly in Brazil, like, pressed return, 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 yeah, then yeah, wrote yeah. the rest of the book and then was like, there we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That'll yeah. be the last line. That's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. That works oh, for I, me. I've got to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> it, it, felt, it felt like a little bit that that you were expecting there to be a story where he's in Brazil and they're like, and he's like, Hey, do you have any champagne? And they're like, Oh, we don't serve champagne here. Actually. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's surprising. I really thought there'd be an, uh, you know, there'd be a, at least some bubbly in Brazil. And then later on, he says, contrary to what that person said while I was in Brazil, there is actually an awful lot of bubbly in Brazil. I think that's the only way I could have possibly justified this title. Right. That's my, no, it, that's my, simply by the amount of digging into the title we've been doing i'm kind of worried this episode is going to go on for about a month so uh we've already got that we've got the final line down so it's fine that's true that's true yeah we got the first and last line of the whole whole thing of the book as itself um yeah well he's got got ben didn't read this book he's only read the the title and the last line that's 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 a smart thing to do let's get into it let's read what's it called bring your attention to the quotes on the front of the book We're getting into the book. We're getting into the book. Let's read an awful lot of Bubbly in Brazil. So, over the show, we're going to be getting to know Alan and Ben. Uh, there's a quiz and a dramatic reading. Also, Alan, you can't really call him Alan. Doesn't sound he doesn't sound no. like an Alan by himself. You have to say Alan Brazil, I think, don't you? He's a Alan real Brazil. He's a two namer. He's a real two namer. <laughs> um, but anyway, first, let's see what Amazon is saying about his book. Uh, it has 4.2 stars from 172 ratings, including this five-star review from Mr. DWJ Horseman. Review entitled, all caps, um, very enter space S space ining. <laughs> Lord knows what was going on with this keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that review to go to go left turn at the last I, second. I, I really yeah. thought I knew where it was going. <laughs> yep, yep it's, it's going here. Um, the book was great. Add me laughing. Good read. I would read another book on the same subject. Excellent. No, um, no <laughs> punctuation in there whatsoever. 
Um, I have good news for you, uh, On the Horseman. same subject, the, the subject yeah. of Alan Brazil. <laughs> yeah, well, and <laughs> good news. There's, there's two other books. There's two other books. Um, like like but, he's saying, could you, could you direct me to the Alan Brazil section of your bookshop? <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed, Do you know I enjoyed the name? books. Yeah. <laughs> books in the genre of Alan Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like um, sort of historical fiction. Um, I like... <laughs> Um, biographies of uh, of prime ministers and, and presidents, and also um, books specifically about Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know the names of his other two books? I think I know. I mean, surely there's one involving nuts. Is it something to do with nuts as a, as a pun? Actually, no, I don't think That's so. That's mad. I know you're okay. Right. That don't worry, don't worry. Book four, I'm sure, is imminent. Um, no, they're called uh, Both Barrels from Brazil. Hyphen, mm. my war on the numpties. You didn't choose that one. Uh, and his most recent autobiography, Only Here for a Visit. I think that's also got some subtitle, but I can't remember what it is. Um, he, says for the book, he? he does say yeah. that in this book, yeah. yeah. He does. I, I, that's his I, guiding I think, philosophy. I would say yeah. all of his books are probably pretty rehashed versions of the last. I, I, just a, that's just an assumption. That's just an assumption. Just a theory. I could be wrong. Yeah. That's just Both barrels anyway, from that's... Brazil doesn't work. As, he, that's another no, pun again, that doesn't work. Uh, it's alliteration, at least, I guess. Right? Uh, I guess yeah. bubbly is alliteration, but yeah. yeah the true. next one will just be called "Book by Brazil." <laughs> 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 there is indeed an awful lot of book <laughs> by Brazil. <laughs> right. What did you think about it, anyway? Like, we know we know what Mister Horseman thinks of it. You guys enjoy it? So my general feeling on it was that. Before I opened it, I thought it might be quite good. Okay. Like with a lot of these biographies, like the prospect of reading, I don't know, I don't know who you've read, um, Steve McManaman's autobiography. Like that's not a temp... You named not- about the only footballer whose book we haven't read. <laughs> okay, sure. well, that's quite impressive. Dean that, Windass. Not- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not tempting to me particularly. Yeah. This one I thought, okay, because it, it, it feels like it's not necessarily just going to be a biography. It's also going to have a kind of Clarkson-y mm-hmm. sort of humorist yep. edge to it. And exactly. I thought, well, if he pulls that off, I don't, I don't mind that kind of thing. And I think he is trying to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading it, I was like, these stories that I'm getting should be fun. Mm. That, you know, they're kind of fun. If you just break them down to their facts, they are fun, and we'll, I guess we'll get into kind of some of the stories he tells because they're kind of just like bullshit pub stories, basically the whole book. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not it's not fun at all, and I can't work out why. <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I, I think I, it's it's fun adjacent. I think that's the thing. It's sort yeah. of like it's like oh, it, 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 as you say, it could be fun, and also like there's just this there's a level of there's a there's a level of malice throughout the whole thing as well, which is kind of an undertone the whole way that is that makes the whole thing unfun at the front uh, yeah yeah it's like it's like someone at university telling you about their night out last night and like you're just totally <laughs> yes. uninterested in everything that's like, okay yeah. yeah fine all right yeah all right you drank a bit okay cool yeah great but, but my, down to his best friend being called porky i was gonna say i mean this book really if i had to sum it up in one sentence yeah <laughs> I, I wouldn't use the one they've gone for which is the life and times of bon viveur i would go for the sentence it's essentially it's a love story between yes alan brazil and his co-presenter porky mike, just mike a porky massive prick I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, that is I, I got i also got that impression from there yeah well it's interesting because it's sort of i, I think alan is like 
yeah, you know, you know, Porky, he's a prick, but he's a lovable prick, isn't he? And you're sort of really being like, no, he, he's just a prick. He can't really <laughs> see the fact that he's like nothing that none of the redeeming factors that Alan seems to see in Porky are are actually redeeming factors. They're just terrible. The thing about Porky is he is a co-writer. Do you, are you aware that he's a co-writer of this book? Yes. 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 Which makes me very confused about the whole thing, personally. Because I think you can feel Porky's hand on certain chapters. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> The, the more bullshitty ones, and then yes. the ones Later that inevitably on, end up with him like having sex with a beautiful woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seems yeah. That, like yeah, all uh, women just flock around him in any chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly. He's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can tell when Mike Parry's had a you know when Mike Porky Parry has had his hands on it because then later on there's some other chapters which are a bit more about you know his time playing football for Ipswich where I don't think Mike Parry's been involved in that bit. Yeah, it, Mike it feels didn't... Like it's a it's two books. It's, it's Old Testament and New Testament, really. This. Well, I, I I think this is a good moment to bring up uh, something. Then, in which case, because that is that is definitely true. The book does have a very uh, distinct first half to it and a second half to it because you have these several chapters of of pure, you know, fear and loathing light, which is kind of what <laughs> the, this is kind of what the first hundred and forty pages are. It's like fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but set in Ips, in and around Ipswich, basically. Is uh, <laughs> how the first bit is, and then there's something which we should mention in there, which is, which is very very serious, um, and it's something which Alan has spoken about previously. It is well documented; he's talked about it a lot. But yeah, Alan does mention how when he was a young footballer, he was abused by a coach. It's only in a short chapter, and it's actually it's really really well written. We won't dwell on it hmm. because it is only a small part of the book, but. It does really feel like a um a, re- a real middle point. It kind of it comes out of nowhere. This harrowing, really well written chapter, really honest chapter as well mm. about it. And then from there on, even though there are some nonsense bits in there, it is a lot more honest. Things about you know how he dealt with his injuries and uh, when he wasn't playing at United and Spurs and stuff like that. And it it becomes a lot more. Well, it becomes a lot better. It's almost like he doesn't have to pretend to be, uh, you know the Alan Brazil of uh, TalkSport and Cheltenham and boozing with Mike Parry fame. He writes about it very well. And it, it's, I think he says as much, he, he sort of likes to talk about it so that it's made public and these things are made public. And mm-hmm. like, he's doing it on purpose, right? Because he thinks that these things need to be out in the open, mm-hmm. which is absolutely correct. As you say, for the first time, he writes honestly about his feelings and what he was doing and how that affected him. Mm. And you just think, what, why have I wasted 200 pages hearing a story about uh, supposedly in which mike porky parry has um got drunk and asked a 20 year old latvian woman to marry him <laughs> what yes and why they go back to the same wine bar the next day and her entire family are there celebrating this upcoming marriage which he has no memory of of sort of instigating there is absolutely no to... way that story happened of by course the way. of course no, no, no. <laughs> yeah which leads to alan brazil essentially having a kind of james bond style fist fight with a number of latvian <laughs> kind of thugs <laughs> it is this such is a what weird I mean. choice this is what i mean by the fear and loathing style it really is like apart from you know take out the drugs of fear and loathing and replace it with like hospitality booze effectively <laughs> all the way through it uh, switch benicio del toro for mike parry and there's even like a race at the beginning there's even a race at the beginning like it starts off at cheltenham doesn't it the whole thing where um which is where he got sacked from talk sport the first time because he got too drunk and didn't turn up the next day yeah um yeah and, I, and fear and loathing they're also cataloging some race i can't what it is i should remember but yeah um it's um the thing that i noticed reading the stories 
was that in every story he sort of comes out on top, which is a, a bit of an autobiography thing, right? So he's always he always mm-hmm. manages to sort everything out, mm-hmm. which actually makes the stories all the more boring because they all finish with "and it was fine." <laughs> yes, I mean? like yes. Every, every story it ends up it was fine, um, and it's always because he is able to do something physically amazing. Mm-hmm. So like he all there's a, there's a story at the end about how he his reactions are so quick that he was able to get under a table before anyone else and then nobody noticed he was there. <laughs> that was weird, that, that story, yeah. But he, he ascribes these kind of, he ascribes these kind of amazing physical capabilities to himself. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I, I'm not sure exists. Uh, yeah, I but then, agree. But then also was, midway through at the end, he's like, oh, I had to stop playing because my back was, you know, absolutely ruined. I could barely, like, brush my teeth without being in physical pain. And yet, like, he was fighting off these Latvian thugs who were, who were, <laughs> were threatening Porky. It's like, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't feel real. That's the problem with the whole thing. I, Nothing I, feels real in it. Nothing is. And there's, there are so many close calls like that throughout the book. Like, there's a bit where he almost dies uh, skiing. There's a bit where he almost dies on a on a horse yep. that runs away. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was going to turn up on like the Titan sub at some point or something like that and just about <laughs> get away with it. Sorry, here's a quote. I put my full palm into the Latvian's face and pushed him hard enough to <laughs> propel him over a chair. <laughs> it's all just stuff like, like that. But also, like, it ends with him that, like, that whole section ends with him saying, like, they 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 die they dive into a into a taxi, like they get they pop open the champagne because there's always fucking champagne near Alan mm-hmm. Brazil. He can't help but there's always someone thrusting a bottle into his hand. But he yeah. says, as they were drinking, they were drinking uh, champagne at Claridge's at the end, and, and they were talking about this. He says, as we raised our glasses, I leant over to Porky and told him. Next time you call off your engagement to a mad illegal immigrant who looks like she could have been a kickboxing champion and whose family closely resemble the gangs of New York, (laughs) you're on your own. No fucking way did you say that, you stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And you you probably said something along the lines of, oh, the champagne plays more, please. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell, Pocky. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, be really done this time, Pocky. That was a good impression. That was a good impression of him. I, 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 it, the whole book is very much didn't happen of the year award kind of uh, yeah. of style. Everything is, is uh, he tells sorry he tells the exact same story again, but this time it's not Latvian thugs. It's um some people who are like it's like Simon Jordan's brother. Oh yeah, oh, yes! an, an award ceremony at Crystal Palace or something. Right? They go to an award ceremony at Crystal Palace and they tell it, Porky sings a satirical song about the chairman. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then. <laughs> And then as a, as a result, the heavies take them to a boardroom where they're going to get duffed up. And then similarly again, like he, he, James Bonds his way out of it and they just sort of walk away and it's fine. Or the, or the heavies are like, yeah, sorry, you're, you're right. You're much cooler than that guy. That, uh, <laughs> I, I wish we didn't have to work for this guy, but we do. He's such a dick. There There's are so a, many I, moments of things like that, Jack, where, where the people around them have clearly not said that. It's a bit like Ginola's book that we did, where Ginola yeah. was like, it's only we came up to him was like, yeah, you are great, David, actually. You've told it. <laughs> You've, you've proved to us now that uh, it's you who is better than us. But there's a, there's another bit where uh, they're on a plane with some like real stiff guy who doesn't like them <gasps> just boozing and being horrible next to him, ruining his flight to America, whatever it is. Uh, and then he, he's just like, a flight where they claim they drank the plane dry before it had taken off. Uh, yeah, yes. it's, it's something because like that. because it was it was it was to Nice, so it was only like an hour and a half. Oh, that was and it. they were like, we got yes. a drink, and and the trolley's not going to get down to us before the end of it. You're like, just just chill out, man. You're okay. You don't need and, to drink constantly. Exactly. 
Um, and then the guy next Jackie to Jackie does need to drink constantly. That's true. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. You don't have to forget that, Jack. That's the heavy subtext of this whole book, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I apologize. But this guy, they, they take, I think at some point the, the plane's landing and uh, Porky's holding a glass of wine and then the, yeah. the plane veers to the left suddenly, which I don't think usually happens <laughs> in a plane. And the, the wine goes all over. All over the evangelist face, as he calls, uh, and his, his mouth was opening and closing like a fish, but nothing was coming out. Everybody burst out laughing. There's so many moments where it was like, and then after I said that, everyone was clapping and laughing and cheering <laughs> yeah. us on and saying, well done, Alan. That was great. That everyone that. was happy that the man had been covered in wine. The man who was clearly <laughs> upset had been covered. Everyone loved it. Everyone the sided with us, the, the, the people who made everyone upset and scared during the flight. <laughs> Talking um, of uh, Porky, sorry, I was gonna, uh, uh, all you guys, I'm assuming, have seen the video of Mike Parry doing the cinnamon challenge. Yes. So yes. Oh, my book, God. That, <laughs> was, that, that was all I knew about Mike Parry, really, right. before I read this book. Yes. I, I, I had to remind myself that it was that I hadn't imagined it today. <laughs> I watched it three or four times in a row. It's just the, the, the grunting and the noises. And the fact, the fact that he says keeps saying throughout, like, it's not going to cause me pain. I've been through a lot of pain in my life, and I can handle this pain. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I don't uh, understand. In a, in a, in a, yeah. Sorry, Jack. Sorry. I, I'm just. I don't understand how Mike Parry is coming to exist. I just. Yeah. That, that's all. That's all I, could, I was going to say. Well, he in my head occupies a kind of what I would call the Nick Ferrari zone. Mm-hmm. There's like yes. a few of these guys that are kind of the same. John Gaunt being another one. Mm. Okay. Nick Ferrari. Um, Mike. Someone else. The one who. Oh, oh my. Oh, the guy. The, the, yeah, grown. concrete guy. Yeah, Mike oh. Graham. The gun, uh, and I, I'd say on Mike the Graham, on the more the the more um the more rational side of that is like Ian Dale, but then occasionally Ian Dale. If you told me Ian Dale had done the um the cinnamon challenge, I'll be like, yeah, I believe that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> see, I I put him more in with like the kind of like commentators you see on those like uh, talking head shows, like a Paul Ross kind of character. Yes, oh, yeah, that. yeah. that's that's more the kind of world I think of Mike Parry as. Did they do they ever talk about here how Mike and Tim came to be? Or came to came, I, Alan came to like work together. I think he they worked. I think he was doing talk radio, wasn't he? But what was was it called talk radio before? He I was think? his boss at Talk Sport. He says right, okay, and then and yeah. then what Mike then sort of like muscled in on the and then became a co-host. Yeah, yeah. Oh I think so. god, like oh, kind of no. Carl Pilkington style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's so hilarious. We got to get him. Got to get. We got to get him on. <laughs> See the way he eats cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps trying to marry Latvians. <laughs> in a similar in a similar vein to the how I only knew about Porky through the Cinnamon Challenge video, which you if you haven't watched it, go and find it. Definitely. Is my first exposure to Alan Brazil was the video that's on YouTube, which is just um what's the audio version of footage? Um a recording? <laughs> yeah, the recording. <laughs> yeah, of, I guess. <laughs> he's on the breakfast show. Have you heard this? And he's talking no. to a correspondent who the previous night has been to uh, a memorial sort of gig for Bob Monkhouse. Are you aware of this? Um, no, I don't know this. Oh, this is fantastic. Okay. Oh, I do know this. I do know this. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And I think the guy he's talking to is Trevor, I can't remember his second name, but he used to write for the Sun. Mm-hmm. And uh he'd been to this thing for Bob Monkhouse. And he's like, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, obviously, you know, they showed videos of Bob doing some of his best stuff and everyone was laughing and had these wonderful old comedians who used to work with him and they came out and were really funny. And then those are new comedians were there as well and they were saying about how much they respect Bob Monkhouse and it was amazing just to watch how many people respected Bob Monkhouse. And, and then after a bit of a gap, Alan Brazil just goes, mm, how's he doing these days? <laughs> 
<laughs> level of attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so and he's like, say, well, was, oh, he died. Oh, he died. <laughs> and, th- and then he tries to save it. Alan Brazil just starts making little noise, like weird little noises, and then just goes, yeah, yeah I'd heard something different. But yeah, okay. Maybe you think he's dead. I'd, I'd heard otherwise, but you know, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> That's almost like veering into conspiracy theory territory. But <laughs> <laughs> Monkhouse oh on Nyla Matupac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I um can I read out another bit of showing off from Alan Brazil that I really loved? Please. So this is when they go to the there's a Crystal Palace charity event or something. Mm-hmm. And there's um they're at, they're at they're at the meal, and it's before they've been taken into the um chairman's office to be duffed up. Uh, Porky and I clearly had popular support amongst the Palace fans. Throughout the course of the meal, they queued at our table, the top table, asking us to sign their menus, and we posed for dozens of pictures and spoke to relatives on mobile phones. While all this was going on, one Palace fan picks up my £250 felt-tip pen, and I haven't seen it since. <laughs> that is terrific. That is, that is, that is pri- if someone hasn't got that for their out-of-context Alan Brazil, I'd be amazed. Yeah, that's that that the pro- <laughs> prime out-of-context fodder. I mean, someone's doing very well for themselves, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> a four hundred pound crayon. <laughs> yeah, you can't buy a felt tip pen that's worth two hundred fifty pounds. I agree. Where are you getting that? <laughs> you, you can buy every felt tip pen in the world for less than two hundred pounds. Does he mean like a magic, like a permanent marker? Sorry, that's not. That's not. You're right. That's, yeah, they're, they're, like, they're surely it's a that. fountain pen or something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> I or uh, just like a really fancy <laughs> permanent marker. This isn't so much him showing off, but um, I, 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 I must applaud Alan um, for his ability to get out of anything uh, with, it's just an observation, no matter how offensive <laughs> the thing he's just said. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite xenophobic at points, yeah, isn't it? It's xenophobic, yeah. but also... It's, just an obs- it's, just, it's literally just an observation. Ju- and just truly uh, like nasty, <laughs> occasionally. Mm. Uh, there's, the bit, there's a bit where he goes to America, uh, which I think Jack will talk about later. And he says, uh, we went out to the track in a luxurious bus, and naturally there was plenty of champagne flowing, of course. <laughs> Just every, every paragraph has that in there somewhere. Mm. Um, it was being served by a collection of very lovely young ladies. The more times I go to America, the more often it strikes me that many women in England do not look after themselves as well as most girls in the States. Uh, then he goes on to say, like, my wife Jill, she's always immaculate uh, whenever we go out, uh, as are my daughters. But that, to my eyes at least, is not always the case with much of the female population in this country. American girls just seem to have whiter teeth with broader smells and better styled hair. Brackets, I hope I don't find myself suddenly under attack for saying that. It's just an observation. Just an observation. Just an observation. Just an observation. Just something I've observed about 30 million people in the, in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just something I've observed. Yeah. I mean... Don't- that also touches on something which I sort of found throughout the book, which is that um, Alan's really horny. Hey, he's a horny yeah. man. Yeah, 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 he's a horny man. Yeah, like there's one bit where, in the same breath, he's talking about how he's at a ski resort, and his wife's his wife Jill is there, who he obviously loves, and he yeah. says that Jill's looking great or something. And then he's then he writes about half a page about just like looking at the twenty year old women who are going down the slope. Yes, it's yeah. grim. There's there's a similar bit when he's. Um... <laughs> He's like talking about the, the greatest thing that could ever happen to me as a footballer is going to a World Cup. Uh, and he's, he's loving everything uh, about being there. He's like, oh, it's, it's brilliant. This is, everything's fantastic. He's in Brazil, 
somewhere. I can't know if that's where the World Cup is. It is Brazil, yeah. It is Brazil, or it's yeah. Spain. I think it's Brazil. It's, it's, he's playing against Brazil, oh, okay, Brazil in, Spain. in Spain. That's it. Uh, yeah, he's going like, yeah, finally my career reached this point. I'm going, like, oh, I can't believe I'm actually here. Um, it was great to look at all the beautiful Brazilian women wandering around, <laughs> kind of like parading their bits. That was the real highlight. Yeah. <laughs> then that's the he World says, Cup game. Yeah. Like, like beauty queens with copper colored skin, dark hair and flashing green eyes. And they're wearing what appeared to be the national costume of their country, skimpy bikini tops and wraparound skirts in blue, yellow and green. It's, it's so carry on. It's so it really, carry on. It really there's, is. There's also it's a weird thing because I think Alan is horribly horny throughout this book, but often he'll try and like put that on Mike. And I'm not I'm not saying that Mike deserves anyone any kind of like um like benefit of the doubt for being a horrible horny guy. But there is a bit where he's like, Mike got really like he he I can't remember who he was talking to. Someone from EastEnders, I think it was. He get, he gets he, he took someone from EastEnders who has like apparently massive breasts and like Mike spends the whole interview going because <laughs> he, he he just can't like quantify the idea that there is a woman here with massive breasts. Yeah. <laughs> he goes full cinnamon challenge at her. It's, <laughs> I might need to cut up the audio and play that after after that noise that you just made. <laughs> the question that arises for me out of this book so as as you've mentioned every time basically every page he goes to a different wine bar and orders Mm -hmm. a bottle of champagne yeah now i've never ordered champagne in a wine bar or even in a pub Mm -hmm. i've had champagne obviously at events i've had bottles at home that i bought from the supermarket i've never bought one in a pub because i always assume it's about 200 pounds or something like it's always going to like it's going to be an insane amount of money Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe i would do it you know if i was celebrating but i still i know actually i wouldn't i was was trying i was trying you could see me there trying to find some common ground with (laughs) Brazil. i can't find it Um, (laughs) but i think that the the question that arises for me is how much money has alan brazil got because Mm. he played he was a footballer before megabucks times right yes he wasn't earning you know he's earning good money but it wasn't insane money nope but literally, just on champagne alone, on the, if you totted up the amount of champagne in this book <laughs> and then tried to average it out over a year or something, he must be getting through like 20 grand a year in champagne. Yeah, I, 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 I think more. it might be more than that. More. I think yeah. it must be more I mean, than I, that. I, I think a lot of it is hospitality stuff. I think he's been given a lot of these things. And they, they do tend to be events where... And he's obviously making a lot of money through TalkSport, I'm guessing. Another but how much? That's business. the thing. I was like, you don't make this much money. Like yeah, he ma- talks about how he spends a lot of time in Mayfair. There's a bit where he goes into Claridge's and the maitre yeah. d' recognises him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And greets him like an old friend. He's got the life of a kind of shake. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just it's, on TalkSport, which surely isn't like megabucks, is it? Yeah, no, I don't it know. Couldn't, I mean, it couldn't I be. I, 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 think know, I think I think you're it's right. Mega, it's, it's so not weird. Mega bucks as such, but there'll be, you know. Also, it's, he's got the, it's, it's not he's got enough the nut- to have a champagne budget. Let's be honest. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's got the nut income coming in as well. Branded <laughs> 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 nuts. It's not. There's, he's there's got a bit where where he's like, oh, the 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 wine bar were really happy to see us because we had like drunk them out of Sauvignon Blanc the night before, and they had to go and get more from another place. Like, I either that's a joke or like. Is he is he sort of drinking these places for diplomacy? Like because he later <laughs> on seems to imply like people then like barge down the door and all the all the um, waiters kind of defended Alan. Is he kind of just going to bars, drinking up a lot, so that when that when inevitably someone comes to beat up Alan Brazil, he can he can rely on <laughs> all of the uh, yeah, and all the people yeah, staff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's sort of saving on like hospital bills. <laughs> 
I guess. Yeah, that is kind of smart. Yeah, everyone will flock to his defense if he ever does anything too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the wine bars it, of London will. It will rise up. It, it's, yeah, right yeah I, I, I did. I was spending a lot of the book thinking that as well, and the idea that, and I think that also matches in with this idea that when Alan Brazil was fired from Talksport for, I guess it would have been a week, um, mm-hmm. that there was that London was close to a standstill. Like the idea that the, the taxis refused to drive, like there, there were people just like uh, hounding Mike Parry through the streets, begging Alan Brazil to return. But I have no, me- I have no memory of that. Is that is that something you guys remember? This controversy? I, I feel like I'm a bit young, but uh, it I definitely wasn't you know 28 days later style. Like everything didn't relate to something scripture stop. But I do think Talksport, especially around them, was probably very well listened to. Yeah, you mean like there's a, obviously there's a certain part of there's, there's a big listening part population who do listen to talk sport and to talk radio in general. So I do think he has he probably did make a big impact on that. And I can't remember who they replaced him with for a while, but uh, he's he's replaced by a guy, and you have to correct me if you can remember this, mm-hmm. who owns a radio station in Jersey or oh yeah. Cornwall or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and he talked with some or Spain. Yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah, but he, the way he describes him as 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 like he's a real mover and shaker. This guy, and you're like, doesn't sound like he is because yeah, 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 yeah. He's, <laughs> this he's guy's on radio, my yeah, like, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like a big deal. And then there's a funny bit later on where he says to uh, Mike Parry, saying, "Oh, we've got to get you back. We've got to get you back, Alan." And Alan goes, "Oh, how's my replacement doing?" And Mike Parry's like, "No, no. To be fair, he's really brilliant. He's amazing. <laughs> um, but he is going to take about two years to bed in, and we don't have that time." <laughs> Why do you think he needs two years? What was? <laughs> he's either good. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't need to worry about this. He's one of those two-year bedders. Of uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found yeah. the bit, and it's um, he had previously been our Spanish correspondent based in Marbella, where he had a, a share in a little co- uh, coastal radio station that aired Jimmy Young type programs for the expat British community. You're right. That is not. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. Not a high level, a high flyer, no. high flying guy. Has anyone got an out of context Adam Brazil line for me, please? Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, as we've said, there are almost every page has got a good one on. Mm-hmm. But I think can I is it can I can I say two that are on the same subject? Yeah, sure. As okay. you're our guest, why not? These are two sentences from the same page. I hated terrorists and all that they stood for. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. And then my follow-up is, I've been trying for some time to figure out what I could do as an individual to hit back against the terrorists. <laughs> I I literally texted both of those to, to yep. James when I read yep. them. So yep. <laughs> it is one of the funniest things anyone has ever written in these books. Oh, I, God. I'd kind of forgotten and, them by that point. I was like, like why did he mention that? I, can't, I think Jack <laughs> might give us a bit of an insight into why he mentions that later. But, but it's yeah. still it's so funny. So, oh I mean, it's, 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 it's better in context because the, the context is mad. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> is. It is. Is bananas. Yeah, uh, I, I think Jack, you will, uh, you will give us. The, give I us got, that I, I've got to get into. I mean, there's, sure. there's a lot to talk about with that one, but yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I, I've got one which I think might be the best thing. I think this might be my favorite out of context for a while. It's jockeys, sometimes just tiny little men, but among <laughs> the hardest I've ever come across. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great one. So, sometimes just tiny little men. Sometimes, sometimes you're gonna get sometimes, sometimes you're gonna go get a jockey that's just a tiny little man. But a sometimes lot of the time small, always hard. <laughs> <laughs> a 
viewable description. Um, my one uh, is just an example of some fun, harmless football banter. Uh, again, this is at the World Cup 82, uh, Scotland v. Russia. I'm giving a lot of context for out of context. It was reputed yeah. to be a brutal regime, and our lads were taunting their players with things like, it's back to the salt mines for you tonight, pal, after he'd welled you, you commie tosser. It's <laughs> 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 so a gentle banter. <laughs> gentle football banter. It's also commie tosser. It's so, wor- it's so wordy to say to someone on the football yeah. pitch as you're like running back yeah. in like like a thousand degree heat, just being like, yeah, yeah. you're back to the salt mines, you you call me <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, not their first language, so there's every chance they have no idea yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, <laughs> he says, he says yeah. afterwards, they, they just smiled at him because they have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh, fantastic. I've got another quote, I and mean, this isn't an out of context, this is going to be in context, but I thought it was brilliant, where he's he goes to Newcastle, to St. James's Park, and it's been rebuilt, I think. Yeah. yeah. He remembered what it was like when he used to play there because it was quite bad and then it's been redone. And he's talking about how magnificent it is and how it's amazing. And he says, but now it was a magnificent structure towering into the sky and worthy of a great team. Inside, the ballrooms were as good as anything you would find in a four-star hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I heard that as well. That's so funny. Not five-star. A four-star ballrooms don't. The ballrooms don't quite... You know, yeah. I've been, you know, not that good, but pretty good. <laughs> let, let, let's not go crazy now. They're four star. <laughs> He's not a man known to exaggerate, Alan, as we know from this book. He's not a man known to exaggerate. Uh, it is time for a break, but we'll have more bubbly in Brazil when we return as Alan meets another Scottish Hellraiser. And the moment you've all been waiting for, Alan on 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, James here, and we at Football Book Club want you, that's right, you, to join something special, something exclusive. We want you to join the Football Book Club Club. The Football Book Club Club is the home of even more Football Book Club action, and now it's cheaper than ever to become a full member at just £3.50 a month. There's three tiers. By signing up to our Bookworm tier, you get an exclusive members-only episode of Football Book Club every fortnight, filling the gap between regular episodes with more book club fun and, frankly, a frighteningly deeper analysis of whatever book we're reading the episode. Plus, you get access to all the bonus episodes recorded so far. There's over 20 of them on there. Well, 20. And, most excitingly, you'll get your hands on a special edition money-can't-buy bookmark you can put inside your personal copy of Darren Huckabee's Hucks. All that for just £3.50 a month. For context, that's a tenth of the cost of a cameo message from Ian Dowie. And a cameo is, what, 30 seconds? For that price, you get 10 episodes. That's three and a half hours of content. I dread to think what you have to pay to get three and a half hours of content from Ian Dowie. You'd have to remortgage your house. But I digress. And if that's still not right for you, if you really love the show, you can join the Super Bookworm tier. And if you like the show but don't want to pay that much, you can support the show for just £1 a month on the Casual Reader tier. You won't get the bonus episodes, but yes, you will get that bookmark. Head to patreon.com forward slash football book club for more details. So if you enjoy the show, please consider joining up. It really does help us to keep making the show because books don't grow on trees. But they are trees, kind of. And trees are expensive. But the Football Book Club Club isn't. So join today at patreon.com forward slash football book club or by following the link in the episode notes. See you back at the clubhouse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to Football Book Club, where we are still reading Alan Brazil's There's an Awful Lot of Bubbly in Brazil with Ben Partridge. Hey! Hey! Have you been suckered in by the Brazil charm, Ben? <sighs> <laughs> moving on moving on i just i i wanted to like it that's what i want to make clear yeah. i wanted mm-hmm, to like mm-hmm. it i wanted it to be good i think it's not it, it, there are times where it touches on being very good i would say there are times where it's like oh this, this like it's so bad it's good or like it's genuinely and it never quite hits either one right i would say so i agree I, with that i would say it's still the second half i quite enjoyed I enjoyed that's it more. True. But that's because you that's like people who've played for Spurs, James. When I got to that bit and he said he'd signed for Spurs, I was like, I can imagine James like <laughs> yeah, smiling to himself at this stage and being like, ah, finally, a chapter I can enjoy. <laughs> finally. <laughs> you know, I you hate know me, champagne, you know but I love well. Spurs. Yeah. He says he didn't have a great time at Spurs. No, though. he didn't. Is that, that's no, true. No, he, so. didn't, he didn't have a good time at Spurs particularly. He did win the UEFA Cup. You, you used to live in Ipswich, Jack. Yes, I did. This is interesting. So I have I, I a, a couple of times over. I I mentioned to my wife. I was like, "Oh yeah, look, here's a nice thing he says about Ipswich." And my wife hates Ipswich, and she was like, "Nope, not listening to it." I refused. It. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask you the same thing, Jack, because um, I, I wondered what you thought about that as well, Jack, because he often describes Ipswich kind of with like as though he's like just you know come off a boat and see new york for the first time (laughs) 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 it's like the bright lights of ipswich occasionally it's really very odd it it, it is odd it made me quite nostalgic for ipswich in a weird way because there are so many they're just lovely bits that he described he just he talked about the um there's a, a hotel on Burner Street. When I was like, I remember Burner Street. It's right near the museum. It's very. I I like Ipswich a lot. I I I have nothing against the people 
or the 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 area of Ipswich. But yeah, he 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 seemed to really go for it in a way that I was surprised by. <laughs> yes, yeah. Is he, he live there? He lives there, doesn't he? I think he, he still lives there. There's a bit yeah. also where he's like, "What's great about Ipswich is you can walk around there and not feel like you're going to have to start a fight." <laughs> he's like, "You don't have to." Pe- people people look at you and and you're not worried. As soon as they look at you, you're going to have to clench your fist and punch them, uh, which I think says more about his growing up in glasgow but you know, yeah he... possibly possibly but yeah talking of uh alan getting into trouble i think we want to talk about the ultimate troublemakers <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the past 20 years jack that's the smoothest segue i've ever done <laughs> very good <laughs> thank you very much so it's that he has an entire chapter on the state of america which is i think i i think alan sometimes I, I, this this might be controversial. I think Alan sometimes mm-hmm. overestimates his importance on British culture, like his his, <gasps> his impact on on the idea of British culture. Because he starts he starts talking about this chapter in America on on America by saying like I first started to think about it while drinking champagne in the colony in the colony club, um, and like it he 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 presents this idea like he's been building for ages. It's been in his brain that is a, a an, the ultimate way to show that. That we, the people of Talksport, or specifically P- P- Porky in Brazil, are not afraid of terrorists and not afraid yes. of Al Qaeda. And it's like it's like as soon as he says, "We first, start, I, I first start to think of, about it while drinking champagne in the Colony Club." We're all supposed to go, oh, "He's going to talk about it. He's going to talk about <laughs> the moment he <laughs> he sucked it. He, he sucked it to uh, to uh, Osama bin Laden." To Osama, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, his big plan to show that. Um, to show Osama bin Laden that he's not afraid was to get Talksport to pay for him to go to New York and do a show, and that is yes. that is the that is the level that of uh, post nine eleven. Like this is he says a couple of months after nine eleven. Sometimes he talks yeah. about it as if it's like the next day, like yes, uh, the twelfth September. He's getting on a plane, being like, "We're not afraid, Osama. Here we go." But it, it must have been like February two thousand and two. But I think that he says, is, doesn't he? Doesn't he? The news story is that some flights have been cancelled because there was a terror alert in one of the airports or something. So yes, yeah, and he gets so annoyed by that, like so angry <laughs> that that would ever happen. Yeah, it's the, that he's it, like, I think I'm it's getting while, on the next flight. <laughs> <laughs> it's while he's on the Colony Club, he's watching like the the yeah, you're right, like news things coming in. But it's not yeah. crucially, it's not of a terrorist attack. It is literally like the flight's been delayed again because everyone's a little bit jumpy. Mm, yeah, and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. wow, <laughs> I'm not jumpy. <laughs> But he, the way that he, the way he phrases it, it's sort of the whole thing has an energy of like it's D Day or like we're we're coming out of you know occupied occupied France. Porky and and Brazil are the ones like uh, <laughs> broadcasting the news from uh, from Nazi Germany. It's amazing. Yep, like yep. it's 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 fascinating. The whole thing, the whole vibe has an amazing like uh, self importance to it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is oh, totally. Is wonderful I, with, I, with I, a jeopardy that's not really there. With, exactly. with a jeopardy, yeah, 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 it's not there at all. And also, is like as he talks about it, it's basically like he he sort of outlines his plan. As uh, he starts off by saying it was a daring, bold, incredible plan, and you think the plan is going to be well, we have to sneak into America somehow. We'll have to like disguise ourselves as cargo, or like it'll have to be like you know the film Argo, <laughs> where we're pretending to <laughs> shoot a film. And it's like no, we just we got on uh, first class. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. first class in BA. BA were lovely, by the way. We were the only ones there. They treated us really well. We drank lots of champagne, and then we landed in America. And it's like, there's 
no jeopardy here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't, at one didn't, point, they didn't even have that guy sitting next to them this time. <laughs> like, <laughs> stiff guy. Like, yeah. But also, at one point, he's like, "I'll tell you what's great about this is that it's nice being in the air because I can call people on the phone, but they can't call me." <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, no daring like uh, flight across the continent uh, during war ever has a bit where you can do like two minutes of observational stand-up. It's <laughs> it's so weird. It's true. It that the whole the whole section is bananas, and also yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I love it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, and this is an, again, this is another example of one of the ones where, uh, you know, to Alan and to Porky, uh, the public, uh, just believe just as much as he does that what they're doing is something incredible and really important to like, you know, yeah. not ju- not just like um. Talk sport, but like the whole like geopolitical situation. <laughs> well, I, I was I was terrified to fly uh, until mm. Brazil and Porky <laughs> uh, flew this flight. I was like legitimately. It, it's, that's, it's yeah, that's so, true. It's a bit where he says it's Brazil and Porky telling those cutthroat terrorists, "You don't frighten us, Osama. We're flying British Airways. Catch us if you can." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's about the time when they're being clapped and cheered through Heathrow all the way through. Porky it. dubbed it the flight of death. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but then and then he's told to he's th- we have to restrain it. He said before the following morning show when he had toned it down to the most dangerous airline flight in the world. They are literally going on a plane yeah. on a commercial plane yeah. from America from from Britain to America. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. yeah. Very really really bizarre. And also uh, on the way back, Alan tries to basically act as much act as much like a terrorist as he can to prove <laughs> yes. some kind of point. Like <laughs> he gets in an argument with like the security staff because like a, a, a buzzer goes off or something, and he's he like, won't take his shoes off. Yeah, that's it. He won't take his shoes off. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah, and, there, and he's off. also like, um, he's like, I'm not going to take my shoes off. Uh, where are you flying to, sir? London, where they have a little bit of personality. You're like, oh, what, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> People take their shoes off there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not clear. It's not clear what Alan's problem is. Is it that the the sort of faceless person who's asking him to take his shoes off is being a bit rude? Yeah. Or is it that he doesn't like the imposition on our liberty? And I don't think he understands or decides which he's affronted by. I he just agree. is affronted generally. He's just mm-hmm. affront. He's he's affronted at the idea of having to communicate with someone who doesn't find him. Like effervescent and charming, which well, in this book it. we're supposed to believe is like one percent of the population. Until <laughs> until someone in the crowd, in like the, the queue behind, probably just desperate for them to get a fucking move on, goes like, <laughs> "He's an incredibly famous personality over in England," and then he says like, "Because in America everyone's totally fawning over celebrities." They go, "Oh yeah, no, fair enough. All right, get on the plane. You go, you scamp." Also, the idea that uh, that Alan wouldn't have he he didn't want to have to play that card. He didn't yeah. want to have to play the cult the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the cult of celebrity card, but he was for to by this personalityless <laughs> security guard i mean the the whole his whole like journey around america is uh very weird there's a there's a bit where they visit the vietnam memorial wall and oh god it, it's one of my bit it's so funny because he says like he, he's he's witnessing it's very moving oh, in a lot of places witnessing yeah. like people like um mourning their sons mourning that like who traveled there and obviously it's a it's a very it is you know it's 2002 it's a heightened emotional time in america but there's a line which is bloody wars i thought turning away from the monument with misty <laughs> eyes no notes no notes bloody that- wars alan <laughs> brazil on wars 
It is incredible, actually, how, how many uh, out-of-context lines there are in this one there chapter so alone. Many. Yeah, There's probably more than most books in this one chapter. And you chose a good one there. And I think overall, Alan does defeat Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> He did. We <laughs> haven't heard... There have been no problems with that yeah. at region ever since. So. Not since. Everything's <laughs> been fine. But, like, so. it, it's... I think it also because like later on obviously there's such a massive revelation about his life and he has a he has a really interesting story you mm-hmm. know growing up and playing wanting to play for Celtic was one was unable to play for Celtic moved to England there's a lot of interesting things about Alan mm-hmm. Brazil but we spend about I would say 10 pages about the time when he's in an Irish pub he says <laughs> uh, I, it was clearly an Irish pub so it was probably the nearest thing they had in this town to an English pub <laughs> again uh, outstanding line um but like where he's like he has a crisis which is i really like this pub but it doesn't have a piano uh what are we gonna do and someone says don't worry we'll there's a piano down the road over there we'll just get everyone to move from this place to the, over there and alan's again like it's another crisis how's everyone gonna get there there is so much in this book that is not interesting at all why yeah, are we yeah. spending so long talking about how you got from one Irish bar to another one while you're pretending you're like um, freedom fighters. I just, yep. I don't understand it. I don't it understand it. Totally bizarre. And everything we have mentioned has been from the first three chapters. <laughs> I think so far. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we said any line that hasn't been in the first three chapters. But that, I, I do think that, that Porky Parry's hands are all over the, the first half of the book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think he's had a hand in the second half of the book. So it's definitely a book of two halves. For Certainly. sure. What we are drawing deeply from is the deep well of porky bullshit. <laughs> that is yes. very true. I just wanted to bring up one thing, uh, and I'm going to kind of veer into Tash territory here because there's obviously a lot in the book we talked about the, all the mad stuff, the bad stuff, and everything else that's in between. But the thing that left the biggest impression on me uh, is that I'm 99.9% sure. Alan has imagined Rod Stewart. I think throughout the whole thing, <laughs> I, I think I believe. Sorry, James. James Rod Stewart is real. No, I, I've I, heard of I, Rod Stewart. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. I believe. I believe Rod Stewart is real. He's not made him up. But I believe that Rod Who, Stewart who's Rod is. Rod Stewart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I believe um, Rod Stewart is Alan Brazil's imaginary friend in some okay. way. Oh. Because and and, I, and I'll explain why I believe this. Um, basically, whenever Alan gets drunk enough, wherever he is whether it's the races after a match, even like in another country, Rod Stewart inevitably appears. I think it happens like three times in the book throughout yeah. this thing. It happens definitely at least twice. Um, and, and he loves Rod Stewart. He, he makes that very, very, very clear. He's a soccer nut. He's great fun. He loves booze. He loves women. He's like vaguely Scottish. Uh, yeah, he writes, he's dedicated to Scotland. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> dedicated. And, 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 and I, I'll be honest, like, I was quite. I, I was amazed. It took 130 pages for Rod Stewart to turn up in the book, but when he does, he's kind of a constant presence in it. Um, the first time he does, he's at an event where Don Perignon is flowing as always. Waitresses are there serving lobster all around a pool or something like this. It, yeah. it, all, sounds, it all sounds very, very fake. Um, so you know, Alan's probably probably had a few drinks by this point, uh, and then what do you know? Who turns up? Rod Stewart. And I guess even better, they don't even bother. They're meant to go to some races or something. They don't bother doing that. Uh, for some reason, Alan tells us that Rod's driver does a cracking uh, Trevor Brooking impression. For some reason, <laughs> yeah. that I don't really get that bit. Um, and then he's gone. He's just gone. He's not mentioned anymore. There's no goodbye or anything. He just, he just fades off without a trace. That's the first occasion. Then about 30 or so okay. pages later, 
He's mentioned again. Uh, he says he wishes that he could be like him. Um, he says uh, that, yeah, he thinks that it's a wonderful life to be like this, you know, sexy singer. And he also says that he could have been a singer, possibly yeah. as well, but he chose yeah. football. Basically. Becoming David Ginnler at this point. Or yeah. David so, like, you know, if you're going to have an imaginary friend, it's someone you idolize, a bit like, you know, that uh, Michael Owen show that we talk about quite a lot. Um, Zero to Hero was that what it was called? Where um, the kid loves Michael Owen <laughs> so much the poster comes alive. Poster, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that kind of makes sense. He also says how uh, on these social events where he, when he sees Rod, uh, Rod's always inviting him over to his house to play football on his full-size pitch, which he has. But as Alan says, he can never make it, which I think is suspicious. I, that is suspicious. That, that is weird. confusing to me because I, he because he did. Don't, doesn't he live quite close to him as he well? He does. Like, They've known him for 20 years. Apparently, known for 20 years. Live very, very close. Surely they'd have found one day. But of course you can't. If you've imagined someone, you can't actually meet them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and then later, um, we get the first time they met on page, page 2071. It's not that big. Page 271. Um, <laughs> Alan is uh, naturally steaming drunk uh, with the other Scotland players, celebrating uh, them going out of the World Cup in, 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 in Portobanus. <laughs> They're dancing in a VIP area. All Scotland fans are joining them. And then uh, just as Alan seems to kind of hit a sweet spot of drunkenness, someone grabs him and they're singing Flower of Scotland at this point, because again, he's vaguely Scottish. Who else? Is old Rod again. And together they dance the night away. Uh, they dance the night away, have the best night of their lives. Uh, and then he disappears again into thin air. The most telling of all the lines here, I think, into why I believe he's imagined him, uh, he says, I looked at Rod's face and his wiry body and honestly wondered if he was made of the same blood and bones that we were. There are some people that are so famous that until you see them in the flesh, it's hard to believe they actually exist. <laughs> well, I yeah. Wow. That, no, open and shut. Open it, and shut. I, that open and shut. Is good. He, he says he's what? got a pride of place at home. He has a photo of him, like Alan Hansen or something, and... Uh, and um, Rod Stewart. <laughs> I believe that um, if you were to look at that picture, it would be Alan clutching midair, like thin air, <laughs> like just clutching nothingness. But he sees it. No, no one else. No, does. surely Rod. Rod, no. <laughs> yeah. I, sort of back to the future style, like exactly. slowly disappearing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the, the only Rod's theory. never lived here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. That theory falls down in the sense that are you saying that every time um, Alan drinks, Rod Stewart appears? Yes, largely. Yeah, okay, not every time. Then Rod no, 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 would not, not every in time. Sorry, no, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that is that is very true. Yeah, Rod Stewart lives with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I it, it, only when he gets to a certain point. I think when he get when he right, gets okay. really, really Alan Brazil. When he gets really Alan Brazil, that's when he turns up. <laughs> that bit where where he where he sees um him him in the Spanish bar after they go out the World Cup. It is weird because he he like he, like Rod Stewart just disappears and then someone's like, "Hey, do you want some speed?" And he goes, yeah, okay. Or he oh, like, yeah, he that just... bit. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's so weird. Someone's like, he's like, oh, I'm a bit tired. And someone's like, oh, take these pills. And he just goes, I assume they're aspirin. Turns out <laughs> later, they're not aspirin. <laughs> I totally forgot about that bit. Yeah, it's yeah. weird that the, the, the Rod Stewart, if he is a hallucination, happens before that moment. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I just remember that he always, he's, he's very clear throughout he would never take drugs or do drugs and then mentions two, yeah. two drugs that he's taken very, 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 very quickly. I was like, yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, no, Rod Stewart, um, I think it's the only thing. He must be a ghost. Must be, or that or, you know, pfft, something mad like he just hangs out in similar social, social circles. <laughs> no, it can't no, be that. Ghost, uh, ghost no. Rod. Ghost Rod. Ghost, ghost Rod. Um, and then the book kind of comes to an end uh, after, uh, after all this bravado uh, in there. He talks a bit about his football. I felt quite sorry for him at the end. 
especially yeah. with the United stuff and uh, things. Where you... Yeah, well, he, the, the picture you get like from, from his, his playing career, and mm-hmm. this is where it is a bit interesting, yes. as, as you said, is obviously he wanted, he wanted more than anything else to play for Celtic and then couldn't because mm-hmm. the person who would have put him forward to be in the, in the uh, senior team was a child abuser. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of scuppers that. So that's just such an interesting and horrible thing that he couldn't play for Celtic because of that. Definitely. Because you sort of feel like he would have played for them. Had yeah. That not happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then he goes to Ipswich and it's like, don't worry, I can play for Ipswich. Uh, we've got an exciting manager. Everything's going well. Mm-hmm. They win the UEFA Cup. You think, this is, oh, brilliant, you know. And then by what, 27, he's kind mm-hmm. of, out of, the, out of the game because he's because yeah. he's back. Yeah, he goes playing non-league football. Yeah, yeah, it's a real sense of like probably wasted talent or like not not because of anything he did, but just mm-hmm. because he had those things not happened, he could have had mm. a really massive, mm. long and we, fantastic career, but it just didn't happen. There's it's there's a real sadness at the core of the book, which makes mm-hmm. the first 140 pages reading it again even sadder. Yes, like it's yeah, it, it yeah. and I, I think this is I'm sort of like. I don't. A lot of the time with these books, the players who write them don't fully know what their story is. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't have an understanding of the whole narrative of their career, and it sort of feels like that with this as well. And I can't quite. I I, I don't know what the right. I don't know what the right Alan Brazil book would be, but mm-hmm. it is certainly it's certainly structured so weirdly that it's kind of hard to, to pull like a narrative out of it. But I do think mm. there is one in there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, he doesn't con- he doesn't connect any threads does he you sort of yeah yes it's yeah. like a very avant-garde movie where you have to sort of find your own inferences and mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah. you know, what he's doing here is actually very advanced <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta got listen to the notes he's not playing yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I i well i hope that i don't know it, it it definitely made me go like alan brazil is a much more interesting person than i thought he was going to be uh, before reading this book i i kind of agree with that because there is there is more depth to it, uh, and he and he is he is at times a good writer as well. Like there yeah. are like yeah, he's, he seems like a smart guy. He's got a lot of uh, makes a lot of good film references and things, and like pop culture <laughs> references and stuff throughout the book, which is you know, a level which you don't always see in a lot of the other books that we read. And the the broadcasting side is interesting, and obviously like he's got he's got loads of followers. You don't stay on the radio for twenty years if you if you're all for your job. There is. A time and a place where I hey I, I listen to Talksport occasionally. I'll turn it on oh in my no. car. Oh no, it's the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got a shrine to Mike Paul yeah, sure. in, in, in my spare room. Yeah, um, he won the war on terror. Come on, he won the war on terror. <laughs> Show him some goddamn respect. Um, but yeah, it is a mix. Him and George W. Bush and Rod Stewart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the deck of the HMS Ark Royal. Yeah. We've done but, it, chaps. But George Bush is just hugging nothing. When you look at that picture again. <laughs> um, did this book change you, Ben? Uh, change me? Hmm. Hmm. No. Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no need to be around the bush. Would you give it a, a reasonable score out of 10 for us? Or, or, or a not reasonable score? So it's less enjoyable than I thought it might be, um, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's it's what I said at the beginning. It's kind of it shouldn't be boring because he's telling you these wild stories where he's like mm-hmm. um, commandeering a milk float at one point. And, oh yeah, um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, oh it's all this stuff that happens. Yeah, um, but but it somehow is still boring. Yes. I don't know how he's pulled that off, but he has. So I'm yeah, going to give I... it a four a four out of ten. Okay. Okay. Ooh, okay. okay. 
it's not totally dull, but there's something about it that just doesn't don't know what it is it misfires for some reason see if the book had been all those first four chapters i would have been the same i would have probably given it like negative <laughs> score because it's so it's so infuriating <laughs> but then i really actually did enjoy hearing about his football career yes. yeah 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 it gets more interesting yeah, yeah. I, I really liked that side of it um yeah so i would give it i'd give it a, f- a five overall it wasn't mm. as insufferable as i thought it was going to be and I've, I've got no real you know huge problem with alan Rizzo in the first place i know some people really do and would immediately be off put off reading this book in the first place but yeah i've got the table i have i have no qualms with alan brazil uh but the book didn't do loads for me until the end so yeah i'd say five yeah i i think i would say five as well actually i think thinking about uh ben i think that i think the thing is it's the lack of stakes that when i think about it now because you're right all of the things that he's talking about in that first chapter could be quite exciting but mm. ultimately it's hard to get that excited about the idea of alan brazil doing a talk show with mike porky parry and think that it's important yeah that sounds weird i I think i think it's an inflated sense of like he thinks he's changing the world while doing this talk show and if there'd just been a bit where he was like i i because he does he, he steals a milk float he smashes a bunch of milk and then he drives out of there at like five in the morning if there is then another sentence that was all this to do a radio show how yes. mad is that? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, probably yeah. would have just like just you need yeah. something to puncture it. But it, it's the fact that he's like, oh god, it's a disaster. It's five minutes to six, and I'm supposed to be on the radio in five minutes. What are they going to do? Play old episodes, probably. Like, or <laughs> 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 well, Porky will just do it on his own. Be yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. like Porky just say, oh, he's ill today, or something like yeah. that. <laughs> there's just so many bits where it, it's is there's just a lot just remembering it as well where like he keeps on saying like i fully intended to have an early night but then a cruel twist of fate like turned it away from me where i had to like i i happened to bump into a friend so i obviously had to drink for another seven hours like it's it's always it's 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 always someone else's fault and it's always Uh, like the stakes are always massively high in his mind and the reality is never really matching that and i think that's what makes but i think what the first five pages frustrating or first chapter but that's what i think james is getting at which is if you just read the first half mm-hmm. i think yeah. the first half colored the rest of it for me so i couldn't really get to like the rest of it yes if you if you didn't have to read the first half which is just all those yeah. stories it might be quite interesting or it I might think be an okay biography all of his stories later on are like some of them are about life and death moments like he gets chased through dundee by some angry um footballers or football like hooligans and he has to hide underneath a bus and the bus is about to run him over that's legitimately a life and death moment that is really exciting Mm -hmm. that is brought about by like hooliganism um yes not by a man about to miss a um a radio show at six in the morning Mm -hmm. Um, or some very obviously made up latvians yes (laughs) (laughs) hey oh we're not here it might my porky bear has never told her Never told a lie. Oh, that's right. Maybe is, is that why it's called Porky? Maybe that's why it's called it. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> no, that's not the reason. Nah, probably not. <laughs> um, it's time for the quiz. Uh, this week, yes. you are named after two the two flavors of Alan's branded nuts. Yeah, they're called Brazil's nuts. Uh, ben, you're dry roasted. And Jack, you're original salted. They're not, not particularly adventurous. <laughs> um, as they say on the pack, premier quality peanuts. So uh, shout out your name. He's really, wait, he's really pushing the boundaries of peanuts. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> <laughs> they're nuts, but they're dry roasted. Sorry, just to check, they're not actually Brazil nuts. They're just no, peanuts. they're normal nuts. They're normal nuts. Yeah, Fucking I think hell. they're called Brazil's nuts. Yeah, so that's that's, that's the joke. James, I guess. don't say but, normal nuts as if a Brazil nut is an abnormal nut. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. no, but it, it's at, at least exciting. No offense to the Brazil fans out there. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. that was mean of me. 
Um, yeah, so shout out your new name uh, if you know the answer. Question number one. What has Alan Brazil not done since one terrifying day on Newmarket Heath? Brady Salted. Yep. Is it ride a horse? Yeah, I'll give you that. It's sat on a horse. Is what he says. Sat on a horse is what he says. That's during the during the the. I I don't know. Is this one a real story or not a real story? I couldn't quite tell. The one like a horse. A horse goes. I I would say a horse goes a bit too fast for him, and he freaks out. But there's a bit where he just (laughs) where it's it's driving like it's driving along. It's riding along, and he's like bouncing up and down, and he just says things like, "Please stop." (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh. Would you mind stopping? <laughs> oh, horsey, Lovely. please. Yeah, that is exactly where it is, when the horse runs off. Uh, and he hasn't got it says, But he, he will still watch horses every second of his life throughout the whole thing. So it hasn't been that traumatic for him. Um, question number two. Which band's lead singer did Alan Brazil go to school with? Oh, ready, salted. Um, he's just in there. He's just in there ahead of uh, Dry Roasted. Oh, no, you're not. What's your, your name's original sorted. Jack. Oh, original salted. Oh my god, am I allowed yep. to? Okay, original salted. You can go. In, you uh, can go. In, you can go in. Uh, yep. Uh, Simple Minds is correct. Is correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I've, I've got two other questions because Jack actually answered one in the show <laughs> somehow. Um, <laughs> the next question is: uh, How many James Beatties are there to an Alan Brazil? <laughs> yeah. They're they're more thinky questions, more cerebral this week. Uh, Original salted. Yeah. I think it's two. He's correct. He's correct okay. again. Wow, this is I, extremely was, impressive. Again, that was a really funny bit where he's like, that you know, the amount of money they paid for me is uh, twelve million pounds in today's money. Yes. And considering that James Beatty was yep. only six million pounds, yep. you can see like Yep. That is exactly so much that's work. exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And finally, one last question. How does Alan Brazil like to relax at home? There's probably many answers to this, but there's one specific one, uh, which I hope oh. you give me. It, it's, it's very, it's quite convoluted. Many levels to I it. I don't know. Many levels to it? Uh, there's many, uh, there's many stages to it is probably the word. Oh, he does a few things. Stages? Yeah. Oh, does he? Oh, dry roasted. Yeah. This is more me fishing for a clue. But I think I'm getting mixed up with another book I'm reading at the moment. Does it involve having a bath? Uh, it doesn't. Are you, is the other okay. book you're reading both barrels from Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Baths of My Life with Adam Brazil. <laughs> there were indeed a lot of baths in Brazil. <laughs> um, no, it involves... Can, can you give us a clue? Can we give us a oh, clue, James? It's so hard to give a clue for this answer. Um, but it involves a famous Western actor. Oh, just a famous actor in general, but he has been in some westerns. Oh no, I do remember Clint Eastwood coming up. Yes, that is. is yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, Clint Eastwood is the person. I, I, I don't remember, remember this. I can't remember what the context of it is, but I do remember underlining it and thinking that is very weird. What I've just <laughs> underlined. <laughs> the way um, I'm, uh, I, I'll, I'll answer it for you because um, I think it's going to it's very hard to get to this. Um, the way Alan, well, in order to get a point, James, can I try and yeah? Does yeah. it involve does it involve uh, pouring and drinking a glass of champagne? Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> but I'll, I will give you a point because I'm almost certain that uh, um, that he probably does do that alongside it. So yeah, that's a point for uh, dry roasted. No, what he likes to do um, is uh, he has a Clint Eastwood DVD ready at home, which he puts on. Um, so he can play the rhythmic sound of ho- of horses' hooves on turf, 
<laughs> and, then, and then he automatically that's the only way you can relax watching a Clint Eastwood DVD with the sound of galloping horses when, when <laughs> YouTube came about he must have been so happy I can I can finally get rid of that Clint Eastwood <laughs> yeah, DVD I, I'll just I just load up a, yeah. load up some, some horses <laughs> if anyone got there at home uh, may God have mercy on your souls uh, right okay <laughs> Uh, as a prize, well, Jack, you won that. Um, and as your prize, uh, you got uh, this uh, Ken Zong. You got your Ken Zong oh, this lovely. week. So, Ben, um, Ken Zong is a guy who comes on our show and writes chants about forgotten footballers. Um, but I actually, this week, a bit of a shock, someone actually messaged me on Twitter with their own Ken Zong instead. Uh, they said, uh, I don't want to bite on Ken Zong's style, which is a strange turn of phrase, but his name was Daruchi Main. And he wrote this song about a current Luton Town fullback. Uh, very detailed chant. Do you want me to sing it for you? Go for it. Yep, is the answer. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do it whether you like it or not. Uh, Instead, can we just hear the rhythmic sound of horses? <laughs> yeah, <before? laughs> to the tune of rhythmic horses. Th- uh, <laughs> it's, it's to the tune of That's Amore. Uh, Good. When you need a right back who'll defend and attack, that's Kabore. <laughs> when you need a clean sheet, then he's right up your street. That's Kabore. Anyway, that happened. I thought we were going to end. Then five days later, lo and behold, I get two more verses sent to me <laughs> through, through Twitter. <laughs> Luton or wing, ting-a-ling-a-ling, ting-a-ling-a-ling, and we'll sing up the hatters. And we'll stay tippy tippy tay tippy tippy tay in a league that matters. <laughs> oh, cool. well, he is only on loan, but he feels right at home. That's Kabore. <laughs> <laughs> he has just got one dream to wear the tangerine. That's Kabore. There we go. Thank that you. Was great. Thank you so much. Daruchi Main. Daruchi Main sounds like a player who played for the United States national team in like 1998. <laughs> kind of day, yeah. <laughs> Incredible name. Daruchi Main. Yeah. Um, a sort of short failed period on loan to maybe Sunderland. Yes. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That is, that is definitely his vibe. Oh, and he, he, he's, he's listening in China as well. He says he might be our only fan in China. So everything about this is bizarre, but thank you so much. And please send more because that is a good one. Um, that is all for this week's episode. We'll be back in a fortnight. If you can't wait that long, join the book club. Club on Patreon. Book where members of the club get a brand new exclusive bonus chapter episode every other week where we chat about even more of the book. It's 3.50 to join, so please do head to patreon.com forward slash football book club. In the meantime, do get in touch with us at footy book club on Twitter, Instagram at football book club. Uh, send us your puns, your Ken Zong requests. Just, yeah, just write or just write a whole Ken Zong if you want. Do that. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for joining today and thank you so much, Ben. Thank you. Dan. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was brilliant. You were, you, were, you were great. I'm glad you finally got to uh, read Alan Brazil's book after, it was, after all those months <laughs> on uh, on your shelf. Uh, you, are you going to be back yeah, where's for the rest go of now? the Brazil multiverse? Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to read both barrels. I, I agree. I think we, also, we do need to do that. <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction about both barrels. Uh-huh. I think some of the stories are going to appear again. I think you're no. probably... No. I think they'll be surely not. Or I think there'll be some stories that totally contradict everything that was in this book. I think, yeah. I think that... I, I, yes, by the end of it... I know I want on a plane. <laughs> by the end, I want Jack to be put next to like a cork board with loads of red string. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gonna work out the truth of Alan Brazil. Did he meet I'll, Rod Stewart? I'll categorically prove that Rod Stewart has never existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything to plug, Ben? 
Uh, yes, well, I do two podcasts, one called The Beef and Dairy Network and one called Three Bean Salad, uh, and they're both worth checking out. Yeah, They're both absolutely amazing. Too. They absolutely are worth checking out. Um, thank you so much for joining. Jack, thank you as always. Any last words? The rhythmic sound of horses' hooves. <laughs> there we go. I'll play that out. I'll play that out, and I'll, if I can, I'll play that out, and I'll put um, Porky's uh, cinnamon coughing over the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> So enjoy. The rhythmic sound of the cinnamon challenge. cinnamon challenge. Enjoy. This is a tablespoonful of cinnamon. And I bet you I won't even balk, okay? I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one. Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug. Jack Bernhardt and Benjamin Partridge. It was created and produced by James Bug. Thanks to Alan Brazil and, of course, Mike Porky Parry for writing the book. The music, Hills Behind, is the work of Silent Partner and is used in a Creative Commons 4.0 license. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, bye bye. was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, my precious child, I was in my car, listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>